All right, welcome back uh, to uh, season two, episode two. I think we would have, uh, by the time you hear this, uh, I think if I'm not mistaken, you should be uh, able to hear episode zero, which was the one we recorded together, and episode one, which we recorded last week. Um, and this week uh, is going to be our weekly wrap, which is what we're going to do, record every Saturday and release uh, by Sunday. Uh, so yeah, let's get started. Arjun, how have you been? What's been happening? I've been good. I'm excited to, um, you know, um, our Bachitos um, getting a big <laughs> fix of uh, the podcast this week, you know, with yeah. the three apps. Yeah, but yeah. Um, as Nick said, we're going to start this weekly format, which is a bit more structured. You'll get it every week where we go up and down the league and touch uh, base in all 30 teams. Then we're going to have our midweek pod, which uh, will be coming out Thursday, Friday. Uh, where we will kind of have a little bit more um, fluidity in, in that format, trying out new things, getting um, guests on, and just pretty much talking about whatever we feel like, um, pretty much what we've been doing till date. Yeah. So, yeah, man, let's get let's get this thing started. All right, let's get started. We're going to actually try and do all 30 teams. That's the plan. So let's we're going to do this alphabetically by city. So we're going to start with the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Arjun, you're up. Yeah, uh, and also just to quickly add to the format, uh, each of us are going to take a minute per team alternating. And during the course of the uh, pod, in in the event we find fault with the other person's <laughs> topic, we're going to limit it to three interjections where we can kind of do a little counter argument. And uh, and you have, I, I think each interjection will also be about a minute long. So yeah, this should go by in about, uh, yeah, about 35, 40 minutes. Alrighty, so on that note, the the first team that we're going to touch base on is the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, they've been a fun team so far to start the season. Uh, my whole thing that I wanted to talk about that pretty much for me, the way I see it, this is like a make or break season for Trey Young. What I mean by that is it's a career defining year. He's going to define the trajectory he's on. Um, when I look at the other star point guards in the league, whether CP3, Steph, Dame, Pretty much by the time they were in the third season, they were making um, a big impact on wins and losses and carrying their teams into the playoffs um, on the basis of the talent. You know, we were also expecting them to produce results. Trey is in a situation here where the Hawks are uh, a very talented squad and a very, um, let's say, lacking in talent conference. So if he can't get it done this year, it kind of makes me doubt whether he is going to be heading in the direction of a CP3 or Steph. Um both of them ended up winning series uh, for Steph in his fourth fourth year in the league, CP3 in his third year. They were a tad bit older than Trey. However, uh, Trey is um, on a much better team. So bring it, Trey. Let's see it. All right. Let's talk about the Celtics. Uh, all right. It's crazy to say this, but the Celtics and Brad Stevens, like they've always been like a defensive-minded team. But somehow that's their struggling point this season, which is kind of strange to even think about. Um, their offense is also kind of middle of the pack. None of this is inspiring much confidence, even though they're uh, doing all right. They're in the top half of the playoff race. Um, their last game against Philly, who are currently the leaders uh, in the East, they lost that game. Uh, I mean, pot favorite Smart came out to play. Jalen Brown is playing like a, a max guy. He had 42 points. But they're really missing Tatum, who has COVID. Uh, Kemba is still taking time to get back into his groove. I'm not exactly in panic mode yet, but I'm not far from it. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, 
it's a tough conference. I don't know where Boston's going to land up this year, but yep. all right, I'm going to take over next with the Brooklyn Nets. Yep. Um, we talked about him a lot in episode one. We all know about the big trade. Building on that, I'm just going to say straight up, I think they're a better team without Kyrie. Uh, I think that they have to pretty much stack his minutes very much like uh, Dan Tony did with CP3 and Harden in Houston. Let him start the game, but let him exit early. And let him play as much of the time without um, uh, Harden in there so that they can both kind of run offense a little bit uh, on their own. I think that he is not a great fit with um, KD either because it's a my turn, your turn situation. Whereas when I see Harden and um, and KD play together, they really seem like synergistic parts, like we see with AD and LeBron in, in the Laker land. So um, I think that, you know, frankly, they could even move him. It would it would make them a better team. I don't see him fitting in that well. They need to figure out a way how they're going to manage the minutes to make it work. I couldn't agree more. They should. It play. reminds me a lot of the old OKC with um, him being yeah. kind of like the Russ. So that's my Yeah, thought. bring Kyrie off the bench. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, I don't have anything to say to that. I agree. I don't think Kyrie fits well. Uh, and all three of them are struggling to get along. All right, let's move on to the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, they're a better defensive squad than an offensive squad. But, uh, I mean, they're not going to make the playoffs, uh, even though I thought for a while they may be in the mix with things. But... I'm going to spend this minute just talking about Melo because he's looking great. I mean, I think he's going to win Rookie of the Year. He clearly has the skill set. He's like a gifted passer. He's like big for his uh, position. So he grabs more rebounds over uh, other smaller guards. Gordon Hayward recently compared him to Luka and Westbrook. I think that's like a little higher praise than I would give just yet. But I can see why he said that. Uh, It's definitely there. And uh, I'll end with saying he's still a great fantasy asset. I know I've traded for him as well. He's on all my squads. Yeah, he's a lot of fun, I got to say. I'm watching a lot of Hornets basketball these days. So um, I'm going to move on to the Bulls now. And I want to spend my minute talking about who I feel is one of the least appreciated uh, and underrated talents in the league. He's often not even listed on the list of top shooting guards out there. This is Zach Levine. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's a stat stuffer. He puts up big numbers. We all know. Uh, people thought maybe it was a little bit empty stats, but I want to beg to differ a little bit. He's been unfortunate enough to have bad teams and poor coaching his entire career. He's an extremely exciting player as well. So uh, I would love to see him getting a little bit more love. Um, so far this year, he's averaging 27.5, Great percentages, lots of threes with the Bulls in playoff contention. So uh, tune into some Bulls basketball and show Zach Levine some love. Yeah, I mean, I, I have nothing to add to that. The Bulls are really boring and, and Zach Levine is great. Uh, but let's move on to the Cavs. This this team, I mean, it's a team I've supported for a long time because uh, uh, LeBron played for them. But they're on fire right now. I mean, they've uh, played two games against the presumable, like, best team in the East or the Nets. And they made them look, look not so great. Uh, and, and, I mean, it also shows how bad the... Brooklyn defense has been, but they won back-to-back games against the uh, the Nets. Uh, I mean, the only team with a truly big three. Um, and Bickerstaff is doing a really good job with this young squad. They've been really good on defense the last couple of like last ten games. They're second in steals. They lead the league in opponent uh, turnovers and deflections. A young spunky crowd led by Sexton, who in I'm calling it now is going to be a first-time All Star. Uh, they're in the playoff hunt. They're going to make the playoffs. Um, I mean, this is just a really good... Uh, Chetty Osman is great. Drummond is doing his thing. 
I'm liking the young calves. Who would have ever? What a strange, what a strange sentence to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're looking like a team. And uh, honestly, Sexton, I've been a bit of a hater because I don't like these ball hoggy kind of point guards. Yeah. But he basically out Kyrie, Kyrie, and he's a <laughs> he's a great scorer. So yeah. yeah, respect to him. Yeah, he won both I, the both the battles of the point guard against Kyrie. Yeah, it wasn't even close. So yeah. um, I'm up next with the Dallas Mavericks, mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorite teams. Um, Featuring one of my favorite players out there, Luka Doncic, who's just a, a god with the basketball in his hand. Podcast um, favorite. Yeah, I just got to say that uh, watching them play, you know, I, I picked them in episode one to be a team that I think can make the jump this year. I'm not positive it's going to happen because they still look a little bit inconsistent. So I wanted to draw the attention to the fact that I think they need to make a move this year and go all in. Because my concern is that Kristaps might have a Yao-like career where he's amazing when he's healthy. But who knows how long a guy with his dimensions can stay healthy and stay in the league. With that being said, I think they should make a move to add a third um, bona fide like player. Whether it's like a John Collins type who maybe Atlanta doesn't want to extend or uh, snagging a guy like DeRozan, who can clearly play. I think it's time to push the chips into the middle of the table and make a go of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have anything to add to that, really. I agree. I think they need they need the help because I don't think Luca can do it on his own. Uh, all right, I think uh, the Denver Nuggets are up next. Um, I mean, they're doing all right. They have a top five offense and a bottom five defense, uh, which is uh, kind of makes sense because it like their best player is sort of uh, similar. He's a great offensive player and he's all right defensively. But I want to talk about uh, Jokic and him winning the MVP this year. Uh, every year, I think LeBron should win the MVP, so I'm going to throw that out there like I always do. <laughs> but he's averaging a triple-double almost, uh, 25, 10, 11, two steals, really efficient. Uh, and I think MVP is all about narrative. So I really think that he's sort of been building on this uh, underdog, uh, strange like uh, gameplay. Like he's one of the, maybe the best passing big man in the league. The, their, history, a, in league yeah, history, in league history. Yeah, all time. And I think that that's kind of a interesting narrative in and of itself that there's such a strangely structured team, a, t- a league that's so guard dominant. Uh, here's a passing center who moves in slow motion, who's kind of doing his thing. I think Embiid has a has like a they, because Philly's doing so well has like a claim at uh, MVP is probably the favorite right now. But I think as long as they're right now sitting. Uh, at the bottom of the Western Conference, the, uh, of the playoff hunt, if they can, and they will probably do better. I think he needs to be yeah. in the top three uh, to get there. I, I'm going to interject on this one because uh, <laughs> our first interjection, because I love Denver. Uh, I just wanted to say my piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that if we were going to give a guy like Russell Westbrook the MVP when he averaged a triple-double, yeah. then we have to look at what Jokic is doing and truly uh, acknowledge how remarkable it is. Uh, I think that also this year in the West, you know, LeBron is going to get a lot of love because he's just simply the best in the game. Um, and they're going to be a team that has a great record. But frankly, winning 55% of your games in yeah. this conference this year yeah. is going to be a challenge, man. Jokic yeah. is balling out, but it's hard when every time you you go to the stadium, you're playing against another superstar team, you know. So I think he should uh, get a lot more love than he is. It's remarkable to see. Tune into some Denver basketball if you have the chance. Uh, Jokic is just balling out of his mind. And let's not forget, a lot of people uh, regretted uh, giving MVP to Westbrook that season. So I'll just throw that out there. All right, you're, yeah. you're up. It's the Pistons. 
Yes, a team that uh, I feel like we shouldn't even waste our time on. <laughs> My hometown uh, team, technically. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love what Jerry and Grant is... Uh, Jeremy, doing. Jeremy Grant. Jeremy, sorry. Yeah. yeah, what Jeremy Grant's been doing. But I'm going to use the time to talk about another guy we discussed in the off-season pod, which is Blake Griffin. Mm. I told you uh, he was shooting under 40% last year. I was hoping we would see a turnaround this year, but he's still in that uh, sub-40% uh, neighborhood. Mm. He just seems a bit lost. I think what he's really missing is he's missing a point guard who can create for him and he's being forced to create for himself. Something again, like, you know, when I was talking about Giannis, I feel like isn't always the way that bigs should be operating. They need to do it in moderation. And Blake is trying to like run point forward when he really doesn't have that skill set really that much to do it so much. Um, He needs a change of scenery. And uh, he's I think my take is that he is the most underperforming his contract value in the league this year with almost 40 million a year. However, given that he only has uh, this year and the next year left, perhaps there is a chance that he gets moved. And I'd like to see that happen. Yeah, they're missing Rose too, who got hurt, I think. But yeah, I don't want to talk about them. They're a really boring team. All right, let's move on to uh, the Warriors. Um, I mean, they're middle of the pack, offense, defense. They're on the outside looking into the playoffs right now. Um, Curry is back doing his Curry thing. Uh, Draymond's looking all right. Wiseman is looking really great. I think uh, he's everything they could have asked for. And having Wiggins be your fourth best player is not a bad deal at all. But that being said, I want to spend like the next 30 seconds talking about how Curry is not enough to carry like a team. I think that's like being understated. Like I'm so unconvinced that he can like take like a mildly decent team like LeBron did with a bunch of Cleveland teams and take them to the finals on his own. I don't think he has that in him. And I know maybe that's blasphemous to say, but I think he needs clay. I think with Clay back next season and with Wiseman and Draymond and Wiggins, yeah, I think they have a good shot at coming out of the West. But I don't think Curry is enough. He needs a true beta, like a second legit star. Yeah, uh, Draymond's limited, but he's a great player. Um, so they're an interesting team, but yeah, they're definitely missing something. Yep. So I'm going to transition to the Rockets. Um, you know, they just made that the, the trade. They're pretty much in a rebuilding year. Oladipo's trying to put up some stats and earn himself a new contract. But for me, uh, what's really uh, needs to be mentioned is Christian Wood and the play that he has uh, produced to start the year. I mean, honestly, if he was a bigger name, you know, he is having an all-star caliber season. So I just wanted to bring some attention to that. He blocks shots. He can score inside and is a good finisher above the rim, even though he's kind of lanky and he can hit the three. So... Um, a new player out there to keep an eye on. Just want to give him some respect. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to use one of my interjections to not really talk about uh, the Rockets, but talk about Shaq. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but Shaq was interviewing Christian Wood and he's like, I wasn't very familiar with your game before this. And, and Christian Wood tells him, Shaq, you're such a casual. You're too, you're such a casual. <laughs> you're such a burn. And I was like, oh, that's like disrespectful to Shaq. But then he did it again. He was interviewing uh, a Spider. All right, and he's like, yeah. I, I don't think you're really good. And he's like, dude, I have nothing to say to you. Like, he's Im- Shaq is becoming an embarrassment, I think. He should just keep his mouth shut uh, and just keep his hot takes to himself because there are a bunch of these really awesome young guys who he's clearly not watching enough games. Yeah, stick, uh, stick with the burns for Charles Barkley, man. Leave <laughs> yes, the current seriously. players alone. That's all yeah. I got to say on Shaq's note. Yeah. yeah. All right. up, bro. Pacers. All right, I'm going to move on to the Indiana Pacers. Uh Again, uh, they're doing really well, but I think they're overperforming right now with being third in the East because they're middle of the pack on offense, defense, net rating. 
Uh, Brogdon, I think, is maybe the most underrated player in the league right now. I mean, he's just... Uh, he leads the league in points, three-point percentage, assist. He's again doing having another season where he's close to 50-40-90. Um, I think he's uh, super underrated. Uh, Levert uh, it was a good pickup for them. Sabonis is playing like an all-star. I think they're a solid team, but I don't think they're a contender. Uh, that being said, I mean, I have nothing really to say about this team. They're like a solid, 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 like middle-of-the-pack team. They'll give... Someone uh, in the playoff race a bit of a hassle, but I don't see them making the finals. Yeah, Brogdon's a star. Hit a huge game-winning three yesterday. He did. Also, just wanted to give a shout-out to Miles Turner, who's blocking shots at Matumbo levels. But so. he's he's hurt, right? He's back now. He came oh, back he? yesterday. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, they've been doing some things, you know, but... Oh, yeah, um, isn't again, Turner averaging like four and a half blocks a game or something, yeah, something like crazy, crazy like that? Yeah, he yeah. did Capella too, but anyways. Right, right. Another, yeah. So I'm up next with uh, the Clippers, and I'm <laughs> going to talk about your nemesis, PG-13. <laughs> because uh, honestly, like, He's uh, redemption, uh, I got to say, I love a good redemption story. Mm-hmm. And I always enjoyed PG's talent back when he was in Indiana. I haven't exactly loved his personality since, you know, he joined up with Russ and then started running with Kawhi. I feel like these guys, he's trying to act like a like a hot, tough guy with these guys, but... You know, uh, on the basic level of just what he brings to the court, he's having an MVP caliber season thus far. He's shooting 50-50-90, not 50-40-90. and 6 four trays a game. Yeah, I mean, again, he's getting back to being utilized how he likes to play. Uh, whereas Doc, uh, in his uh, in a vengeful manner, was trying to turn him into J.J. Redick, or so <laughs> PG-13 says. So, uh, man, right now, my take is that he's been more valuable to them than Kawhi has been this season. I, I have nothing to say. I mean, they're uh, they're the only team that scares me as a Lakers fan. So, yeah, I agree. All right. Yeah. Lakers, best defense in the league. Top five offense. Best record in the league. Clear favorites to repeat. I mean, they just beat the Bucks, uh with the reigning MVP. And you know what the crazy thing is? They don't even look like they're trying very hard yet. You know, like, mm-hmm. uh, like LeBron's playing the lowest minutes he's ever played in his life. AD's kind of not looking great. Like, he's looking all right. Uh, and they're still crushing teams. I All the new people have fit in so well. Uh, I'd forgotten what like a, what a gifted passer Marcus Gasol was. Uh, I love Schroeder. Uh, Montrez is looking great. Caruso is happening. I mean, I have nothing to say right now. The only thing which, uh, like, I guess AD fans should be worried is that while LeBron's playing, he's not going to win MVP, which he probably should at some point, but he just won't because having LeBron on your team means you don't win MVP. This could be the year where no other storylines come to play and LeBron gets the love that he deserves. But I hope so. I hope so. He deserves that. Yeah, I think what's great with the Lakers this year is they already know their identity, so they just have to get through the regular season, and I think that's how they're approaching it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm up next with Memphis. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I want to talk about the um, amazing talent that is Ja Morant. Uh, My take is basically that when you're looking at starting a team right now uh, at the point guard spot, he is the most valuable asset in the game. Uh, I do love me some Trey Young, so don't get me wrong. Uh, However, that being said... Um, when it comes down to it, you know, I love bankable players. And with Ja, every single game, you just get this dog who's going to come at you, who's clutch, 
who just always dictates, uh, you know, the, the impact on the game. Whereas Trey can a little bit come and go and his shots falling and not falling and he can have high turnover games. When I see Ja, like, I'm always so impressed. I think that he has clearly moved beyond Zion as what should have been the first pick in last year's draft. And with the way that the game is moving, I think that we should also note going forward that big men shouldn't generally be top three picks unless they're like a truly, truly rare talent. Like, And uh, Ja is just showing that. So good to have him back. And another team in the West playoff hunt, man. Yeah. He, no, he also, I wanted to say, he is what Russ should have been. That's what I feel about him. Well, that's an interesting comparison. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, they're both like super athletic guards. And I agree. I think, uh, I mean, even if you look at the draft before that, Aiton and Bagley are, are both like not... Joke. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's not... Uh, and and Luca is effectively a point guard. And I would pick Luca mm-hmm. over Ja. But uh, all right, Miami Heat. Man, this team is just really sad after reaching the finals. COVID has just like ravaged them. Uh, they haven't had like a full squad, the full squad play together in a really long time. Uh, they've just been shorthanded. Uh, even like the upcoming game, uh, uh, no Hero, no Butler, no Bradley, uh, which is against the Nets, I think, which is good. <laughs> the Bichara Nets need a win. So uh, might as well beat like a hobbled Miami team. Uh, yeah. Nothing to say. Bam is looking great. I'm still a fan. I And I still think they're going to turn things around and they're not going to be 11th in the East like they are right now. I think they're going to be probably bottom half of the playoffs uh, like they were fourth, fifth seed. And they're again going to be overachievers when it counts. Straight up. Uh, also, yeah, I just want to acknowledge definitely Luca over Ja, but I don't see him or LeBron as a point guard per se sure. or point forward. But sure. yeah, you're, you're spot on with that. Yeah. Uh, on that note, I'm going to transition to the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. They've just suffered two uh, soul crushing losses to <laughs> teams that, you know, um, their whole moves this offseason is geared to be able to win these kind of games. Exactly. These are the kind of games that in seasons past they've won in the regular season as well. The fact that they're losing them now um, has to make Gigi feel like uh, he's low key regretting re signing. As I had said in the offseason pod, I don't think he should have done it. He did it because he's a loyal guy. But for me, I think this may go down as the worst decision by a superstar in the modern NBA. KD got the grief, but when it's all said and done, the history books are never going to give Giannis his due because it's ultimately about winning titles. Uh, Like, look at Dwight Howard. He was a superstar for so many years, but never got it done in his prime. You can get a trophy or two at the end, but you will never be able to be on that Mount Rushmore. And I feel like it's a sad day that uh, Giannis has gone this way and uh, and we're not going to be able to see him get the love that uh, a player of his caliber deserves. I, I'm going to use one of my interjections. While I do agree with you that this could turn out to be a really bad decision on his part, I do see why he did it. And I and I and like I said, I've been a Giannis fan for so long that it's been a heartbreak after heartbreak after heartbreak every postseason uh, with Giannis never making it... Uh, to the levels that he should have. But I can see why, like knowing who he is as a person, I can see why he decided to stay. And if you look at Mm -hmm. this squad, I mean, they're a good squad. I think like Middleton is balling out, man. That Middleton is, can he be underrated still? I think he's still underrated. He's so He's getting better every year. I'm not saying I don't see why he did it. I'm not saying I don't respect him for who he is. I'm just saying it's going to be a horrible decision and it's going to cost him his legacy. 
I hope you're I hope you're wrong and I hope that uh, they do end up doing it. I don't think it's going to be this year. I don't think they have what it takes to beat the Lakers. And also I think he needs to add stuff to his game right now. Uh I think as much as you can say oh him going to like one of the LA squads or going somewhere else would have helped. I still think that he has parts of his game that he needs to improve. He needs to improve that shot. He needs to even though he's been taking free throws. Yeah, exactly free throws. There are there are I think he's he's not the like to be a guy who can take control of a playoff game and just single-handedly like win a game or two which is what all these big stars do i don't think he has all the all the skill set i think he has the talent uh, but i don't think he has all the toolkits to do that yeah and i mean the thing is obviously his game is not lebron he's not fully well-rounded that he can like in the playoffs do it all on his own and that's why he needed to find a different team in my opinion but i mean in many, anyways, in many ways his yeah. game his game is closer to shacks than lebron i right? agree so yeah yeah, yeah. yep you're, you're up. up oh is it me yeah. uh uh is it the uh, wolves Ugh. yes gross so th- they're just <laughs> they're just the worst team uh the, even though their pistons are like a shade worse i think they're the worst team in the league uh bottom five in offense and defense uh I mean, they're so bad. They had like a twenty-point lead over like a horrible squad in the Magic, and they gave that up too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cat has had like a really bad year. He has COVID now. He lost his mom, I think, to COVID. Uh, yep. And I, so I don't want to include him in this tirade, but he knows the part that he played. Because let's be honest, uh, he has he's as much to blame for what's happening. Russell looks flat. Uh, even having you know Rubio back and uh, having like a nice young guard in Beasley, it's not enough. It's just a really sad, sad team. I have nothing. Yeah, to say. they're soft. You need your tone setter. They don't have a tone setter. If your yeah. stars are not like there to win with all their heart, you know, um, this is what happens. NBA is too good of a league for you to just to come in and win on talent. So it's yep. a shame, but it is what it is. Uh, next up, I'm there with the Pelicans. I want to talk about um, my boy Lonzo. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think he's worked on his game a lot this offseason, and he came back with the more confident-looking three. The thing is, just seeing him out there, he seems kind of lost on the court because when the ball's not in his hands, like, I mean, he's just kind of spotting up. And I just think it's about team roster construction. I think it's a very poorly constructed ro- a roster where his skill set particularly doesn't mesh with the other players because while you have a pick-and-roll threat like Zion... The fact that they don't have knockdown shooters and the fact that Steven Adams is playing with Zion as like a plotter just means that it's just too congested and he's not able to truly run the pick and roll effectively and get the most out of Zion. And uh, I'd like to see him move on, but I don't know how and when that'll happen. Um, But it's just a shame to see. uh, Yeah, I just think, man, Pelicans need to shake it up somehow. Yeah, I mean, I think Zion has been, like, out-and-out disappointing. Uh, I mean, even though he's been doing all right statistically in the last couple of games, he's not doing enough to, like, win games. Yeah, Yeah. he looks a bit skinnier. Yeah, Yeah, he does. All right, uh, Knicks, uh, are they next? Yes. All right, uh, strange to say this, but the Knicks have sort of been, like, a really nice feel-good story this season. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, for the first time in the ages, they're sort of in the playoff mix. They're currently in the eighth spot. Uh, They're like a... And this is like a true, like, Thibs team, you know? Like, they're a top five, top six defense. Uh, they have a crappy offense, but that doesn't matter. They're a little Jekyll and Hyde. Like, they, they'll go out and, like, thrash the Warriors, but then lose to the Kings. So, you know, it's sort of like, uh, I'm still trying to figure out what they are. 
but uh, their like top three guys are really enticing. It's a nice young core. Uh, I think RJ Barrett is their X factor. You know, when he does, he did really well. Career high, 28 against the Warriors. Did well in the loss against the Kings. Randall seems to be a double-double machine. He even had like a 16, 16.17 rebound, 9 assist game. Uh, Mitchell Robinson's looking solid. So, uh, I mean, get rid of Dolan. I'm going to still say that. But the <laughs> squad, I, I want to say, has like a nice uh, nice future if it's molded correctly. Yeah, Tibbs is doing his thing. And I think that while the talent isn't really there right now, you can kind of uh, hope that uh, he will rub off on them and create like better players in Randall and in Barrett, like affect their future in a positive way. Like how he played a role in Jimmy's growth, although Jimmy deserves all the respect in the world for that too. So hopefully, yeah, the Knicks can grow from here. They definitely, for the first time in a long time, feel like they're starting with something. Uh, I'm going to move on to the Thunder next. Mm -hmm. And it's all about Lou Dort. (laughs) (laughs) But to be fair, I have enjoyed watching Dort. Uh, not that I've watched much of this team. There's really no reason to tune in as far as I'm concerned. I don't think I've seen a full game by them unless they played the Lakers and I saw it. Shea has made steps and is putting up good numbers. Mm -hmm. But honestly, for me, this feels like the process all over again where they're, you know, just losing games just with no end goal in sight. Now, I was going to say it's time to stack some of those draft picks together and pick up a talent. Uh, Maybe at the trade deadline there could be someone worth grabbing, but... Uh, probably um, it's another season where they should just hold off, see who they get in next year's talented draft, and start building from there. Maybe when they have another piece, then they can package some of the other picks. But honestly, it's um, yeah, it's just a dead season for them, so not going to waste time. You're up with the Orlando. Yeah, uh, they're boring as f- uh, in the <laughs> uh, they're sort of in the uh, mix uh, to be the team. That the Nets or Philly or the Bucks thrash in the first round. Uh, Cole Anthony looks all right. He looks like he knows how to score the ball. He did hit a, a clutch game winner to beat the Wolves. I mean, that's just a sad sentence right there. <laughs> uh, I mean, I I really think if I want to talk about anything, it's Aaron Gordon. They should trade him. I've always thought about like, what if Aaron Gordon had gotten drafted, like at a in a good team, you know, like. Maybe if he went to, like, the Warriors or if he played with LeBron at some point. I feel like he has the talent. He has the athleticism. And I would. I, it's always, like, one of those what-ifs I think about where I feel like he had the raw material to be something special. It's just that Orlando was never going to be the place where that happened. Yeah, he's balling out. Actually, he would be a great fit for Dallas to go after. I sure. Think that would be nice. That yeah. would be really nice to see him with Luka. Yes. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I'm up with the Sixers next. Mm-hmm. And I want to take my minute to talk about Joel, the process and bead. Um, you know, quite, quite, for me, I think he's the most dominant big man since Shaq. Uh, I think till this point in the year, he's deserving of the MVP award. Um, they just played Boston twice and he just completely dominated them. Uh, right now, I'm looking at the Sixers and I'm kind of feeling like they maybe might pick to get out of the East. I mentioned in last uh, last pod that I think that they're a good bet at like nine to one or ten to one to win the Eastern Conference. So check that out for you gamblers out there. Um, and he's been amazing uh, from the free throw line, which is very important for a big man if they want to stay in late in the game, above eighty percent. One of like four or five seven footers in the history of the game to do it. So I just love his game. I mean, I'm going to use my last interjection now, uh, just because I feel like. Um... 
I want to see it before I believe it with them coming out of the East, just like with Giannis uh, and the Bucks. If I don't see them, you know, pull through in the playoffs, I still think the Nets will do it. I know it sounds insane to say, but the Nets have like a, like, I don't know, I just trust KD, man. Like, KD is just a winner and I don't trust Embiid. I don't trust Simmons. I don't trust that squad. Tobias Harris, no, no thank you. You know, like, uh, and he's been all right, but I don't know. I just don't trust that squad. I like the Seth and Danny Green. I think the shooting has really made a huge difference. It has. Um, and Seth yeah. is great. He's still, like, here leading the league in three-point percentage. It's some obnoxious 58% or something. Uh, yeah. I like I like Seth Curry. Right now, I like Seth Curry more than I like Steph Curry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're up with the Suns. All right. Uh, Suns, fourth in the West. Top 10 offense, middling defense. They're doing all right. I think it's a nicely balanced team. Uh, CP looks like Devin Booker's dad. Like, they've been playing basketball as father and son since they were kids because they're, like, <laughs> meshing really nicely. And we can say what we want about Aiton. I think he looks bad just because Luka uh, went after him. But he's looking nice. He's, like, a very solid, serviceable big man. Uh, had a couple of good games. Uh, needs to lay off the weed uh, and not get, like, uh, <laughs> thrown out of the league again. But, uh, I mean, the role players are also doing their thing. Tank master Cameron Payne. Uh, who helped uh, tank many teams is like actually like he seems to be like a a really good find out of nowhere. Saric is doing his thing. Culver is great. Bridges looks great. I mean, they're like a really nice squad. They've had a couple of strange losses, like a blowout against the Wizards before uh, they got ravaged by COVID. But uh, and they showed in the bubble last year that they could be something special uh, and make a deep run if they wanted to. So I'm actually really excited about this Phoenix team. Let's see what they do. Yeah, uh, I guess I'm going to use the interjection here because I think I only used one. So I just want to use this opportunity to continue to talk about the Suns. I think I completely agree with everything you've said. Um, I actually have to say I was being a little bit harsh on Aiton, or maybe not. Maybe he just started the season really slow. <laughs> but what I mean to say is the last couple games, he really balled out. So actually, I what I wanted to add to this was basically the regular season is an opportunity for growth, for um Booker and Aiton to learn to play winning basketball. And if they can do that, there's no uh, end to how far this team can go because they have the talent. And the supporting players are really good. Like Michael Bridges, Mikel Bridges, whatever it is, he has been really, really steady as they come and hitting three-pointers at a very high rate. Playing defense. Uh, Cameron Johnson. Yeah, Cameron Johnson. Then they also have Jay Crowder. Like, I mean, maybe they need to back up big because I'm not sold on Frank the Tank. But the rest of them... Like, it's going to be fun to see them challenge whoever they do in the first round and maybe even in the second round uh, of the playoffs. So good on the Suns to finally, like, you know, push in the chips. And as we said, whoever got CP3 this year was going to take a huge step up. And we're yeah, seeing it I right mean, now. He's a podcast favorite for a reason. And and yeah, I, I agree with the backup big. I mean, I think they're missing uh, Aaron Baines. Uh, and we'll talk about him when I reach the Raptors. Uh, but if you're up. All right, so uh, we're on to the Blazers, um, who've just had some injuries with both Nurkic and McCollum going down. Brutal. McCollum was having a career, yeah, McCollum was having a career year. Uh, my take is that basically it's time to stick a fork in it. 
Uh, time to trade Dame because I don't want to see him waste his career on this team. He's so loyal that he'll probably happily be a lifer out there. But I don't know how they ever really make this into a contender with, you know, like the direction they're going. Like they're not ever getting these uh, high enough draft picks who are going to change the face of your franchise. So I think CJ has been a very good lead guard. And maybe, you know, with Dame, you can get a good young building block and some great draft capital. So I would love to see a team really make a run at Dame because it's just sad when I watch the Blazers. I just get sad. So that's yeah. That's I mean, they've been say. they've been overachieving for a really long time, and uh, yeah, I don't think they've ever really rebuilt, right? I mean, they've been like sort of in the playoff hunt forever, but yeah, I think that's interesting. All right, uh, I'm gonna move on to the Kings. They're a super meh. Team. I don't really want to talk about them very much. Uh, they're good and they're kind of bad and then they're kind of decent and then they kind of suck. Uh, they did just stop like a losing streak by beating the Knicks. Uh, I mean, they're all right. They have the worst defense in the league. Like it's 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 horrible. Their defense is really, really bad. Uh, Fox is all right. Uh, I think he may even be a shade overrated now, given how much money they're paying him, given that Buddy Heald is their leading scorer. You know something's wrong with your offense when your shooting guard who only shoots three-pointers is your uh, is your leading scorer. Uh, the guy you drafted at number three, his dad wants him to be traded and he's uh, uh, exchanging barbs with people. But on the bright side, uh, Halliburton looks great. He looks like a top three rookie this year. I don't really have anything else to say. Um, next up, I got the Spurs. Same point I made in the offseason when I was talking about people who, who could be had and who should be targeted. I think it's time that we look at Double D, Demarcus DeRozan, and uh, uh, LaMarcus and, and see where else they can DeMar help DeRozan. Contribute. Yeah. So they're both getting it done. Um, I mean, it, LaMarcus is... Yeah, I mean, he, we know what he is at this point, but someone else can use him. And I just don't see how... like. What are they getting out of this? Like, what direction are they going in? Um, they have a bunch of, like, good, decent young players, but none of them are, like, star players. When it, I like De- Deontay Murray, DeJounte Murray, and I do like Lonnie Walker, and they have, like, Keldon Johnson and other guys. But uh, unless they get some really, like, high draft picks or hit on another home run, like when they did when they got Kawhi, they're just not going anywhere. So for me, I think it's time that they move these guys and actually just embrace like tanking this year. Brutal. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't disagree, but it's a really sad sort of ending to Pop's career. But yeah, I don't disagree. Uh, all right, I think uh, next is the Raptors. Man, this has been a really disappointing season for a perennial contender. I mean, they were always on the top of the Eastern Conference. Uh and they're still decently uh, good on defense, which has always been their identity. But offensively, they've really struggled. Uh, Siakam is hurt. Lowry is hurt. Uh, I mean, uh, Chris Boucher, is that how you say his name? He's probably like in contention for... Is Have I said it correctly? Yeah, I, I think so. he's contention for like sixth man. He's a great fantasy asset too. Baines is doing his thing. Norman Powell. I mean, it's a really sad scene as well. I don't really have anything to say. Nick Nurse is a solid coach, but I mean, this team has just been underwhelming this whole year. Yeah, it's been a talent drain, and for the first time in his career, Pascal hasn't really taken a next step. So they're not really going anywhere. They're fast tracked. Yeah, if there was an award so, for the anyways. opposite of most improved, Siakam would win that after winning most improved. <laughs> uh, Utah Jazz. 
Um, I want to take this uh, opportunity to talk about the guy who Shaq was hating on, Spider, <laughs> who took it like a champ. Like he was, he was all class was. about like Shaq. Yeah, and uh, I mean I have a lot of respect for his game. Obviously, last playoffs he had a huge breakout. Um, I just want to. I, I think he's even built on his last season's numbers a bit this year, and so he's constantly working hard to improve. Uh, I just wanted to say that I think of all the young shooting guards out there, in combo guards especially, he's like for me the best building block to start a team around. Like when I'm looking at the other names out there, the names that jump out are like uh, Tatum, Booker, and I guess Jalen Brown, who's more of a small forward. And I'll take an opportunity to say why I think that uh, Spider is a better building block than all of them is because he can kind of do it all. He can run the offense. We've seen when Conley's out, he's kind of like a James Harden-like player, except I feel like he actually doesn't just get sucked into the James Harden, like, hero ball isolation kind of play. He kind of does it in a more a way more like how I would like to see someone run the team. Um, whereas, you know, everyone else has some flaws where, like, Tatum, I think he's a little bit too caught up in his own game and scoring. Um, so when he's not really scoring well, he's kind of like a... A negative at times but I mean he, he's growing a lot so I don't want to take anything away from him plus he's good defensively and Booker till now hasn't shown that he can win so I don't think he really commands the game like when you look at the Jazz they have Gobert but it's not like the rest of the team is so amazing that they should be having the I mean Con- that Conley's, had Conley's been playing Donovan. really well Conley's been good of late but he started the year horribly before that they had Rubio so all I want to say is that in the West, since Donovan Mitchell's mm-hmm. come into the league, his play clearly results sure. in wins. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's why I just want to give a shout out and say, Shaq, stop with the hate. Uh, Spider, Spider's a king, bro. He's here to kill it, you know, for the long, long-term future. So I'm excited about that. I mean, I think he's, uh, and given where they picked him up in the draft, man, like he's overachieving and how. Uh, all right, uh, I guess the last team we're going to talk about today is the Washington Wizards. Uh they haven't really been playing basketball for the last two weeks. Uh, they haven't played uh, because of COVID. Uh, but even with that, they were pretty <laughs> Are underwhelming. Are they just trying to sit out the season? Or what? I mean, how can you postpone six <laughs> games? <laughs> just, oh, man. I don't know. I think they don't have enough players. I think they have like four or five or six active players. You need like enough players to have a roster. And they just don't have that. Um, and they're almost at the very bottom of the East, even when they were playing, you know? I mean... Uh, they're just bad. Beal is like leading the league in points, though. <laughs> yeah. If that helps. Uh, Westbrook seems to have lost a little bit of his speed and burst, but that's also maybe because he's playing for the Wizards. Mm-hmm. Uh, either way, not playing or practicing right now is not doing them any favors. Uh, like, not playing right now is probably the worst thing that could have happened to this team that was hoping to get a little better, I think. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's whatever. They're not playing. Yeah, I hope they just give up and realize uh, that, I mean, maybe Beal demands a trade. That's what I would just hope out of this team. Um, but the, he's their main centerpiece, so it looks like he's just stuck there in this horrible situation. and It's just sad to see. Yeah, I like uh, I like Hachimura. Yeah, true. Like and uh, and yeah. Denny Avija looked pretty decent uh, as well. He did. He did. He's, yeah, looking, yeah. he's looking really nice. Uh, but again, he's not playing either. So, yeah, uh, yeah if he had any... Chance of running, making a run at Rookie of the Year. It's not happening. Well, you know, it's been fun. I, I'm really digging in the format, man. Uh, so we're Same. Be, I, yeah. I like this uh, quick, uh, like, uh, machine gun back and forth. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that. 
Me too. And uh, so we're going to have the same thing coming back at y'all next week, same time. In the meantime, we're going to release one of our usual pods. So keep your uh, ears peeled for that. All right. Thank you for listening to episode two of the second season of Basketball Baatcheet. As always, please rate, review and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also email us at basketballbaatcheet at gmail.com with any questions or feedback you may have. Thanks for listening and stay safe.